Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. Great to be back with you this week. I'm grateful that you've taken the time out of your schedule to listen. Whether you're at home, work, your car, walking, working out, or just sitting on the couch in chill mode, I'm thankful for your attention. Now, if you're a first-time listener, then welcome. And if you're a return listener, then welcome back. You know, I often close each session with a quote and a word of encouragement that you are not alone. This week, I want to start with a quote. I'm not sure who to credit for this quote, but I just love the humor and the insight. Be decisive. Right or wrong, make a decision. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Now, before you flood my email with negative comments or report me to PETA, it's not my quote. It came across my path at a time I was struggling with a decision and it offered me a moment of relief and clarity. However, in saying that, you ever felt exhausted with making decisions? You know, most of us hit that wall at some point and guess what? There's a reason for it. But before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop skills to lead the life you want. If you're considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. If you are interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you'd be interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, well then contact the providers at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services. HealthPoint is a collaboration of independent professionals, such as Williams Professional Counseling Services, who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's HealthPoint Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. Call today to inquire about services, providers, or book an appointment at area code 318-998-2700. Well, it's that time again, so pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. Flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Yep, I felt that way plenty of times throughout my life. Like I'm running between vehicles trying to make a decision to run left or to run right. It's scary. It's crazy. And it's exhausting. I assume I'm not alone in this feeling because I believe it's something that we can all relate to especially as we travel down our road of life. But why do we feel this way? My tendency to procrastinate, my current state of feeling weary, my avoidance, my indecisiveness. Well, it simply has to do with the psychological phenomenon of decisional fatigue. You know, it's interesting how we always seem to have a name for something. So what is this decisional fatigue? It sounds like I should be breaking out in hives or at least taking something for it. Decisional fatigue refers to the deteriorating quality of decisions that we make after a long period of decision-making. It may also be referred to as ego depletion. Simply put, the human brain becomes more fatigued after making many decisions. Now, the exact number of decisions needed to experience this phenomenon is actually unclear. If you notice, I refer to it as a phenomenon because it's not a diagnosis. In fact, Some researchers even question the legitimacy of decisional fatigue or ego depletion. Why? Because it's difficult to prove the existence based on our limited ability to measure the effects accurately. In fact, 
It stems from an inability to replicate original studies that were performed by researchers that originally coined the phrase ego depletion. Current research only shows low evidence for decisional fatigue, so it's still too early to make conclusions or specific claims. So you're unlikely to find the term in the Diagnostic Manual for Psychiatric Disorders anytime soon. So does it exist? Well, in my opinion, yes. You know, people tend to debate some of the strangest issues. Does it exist? Well, just ask a single mother working full-time while attending school to better her life and her family around 7.30 at night. It's likely that she's spent emotionally and mentally exhausted, tired of making decisions. Does she have the ability to continue? Probably. Will she be making the best decisions possible? Well, I'm not sure, but it would seem unlikely. Consider this. Have you ever come home from a busy work day and look at your spouse and ask, what do you want to eat tonight? Only to get the response in return, I don't know, what do you want? You then circle around the ring with question after question, only to land on something quick and likely unhealthy, just so that you can get to bed and do it all over again tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe the Williams home is different from the rest of the world. To really understand decisional fatigue, you must look at decision-making as a finite resource, meaning we have limitations. Now, some research does indicate that most people make approximately 35,000-plus decisions in a single day. Wow, 35,000. Now, that's a lot of decisions. Not just big or major decisions. This also includes simple daily solutions, like listening to this podcast and what shoes to wear with your outfit. You probably have already made at least 1,000 decisions by now. Decisional fatigue is often linked to the term ego depletion. Now, this refers to a depleted state of internal resources specifically associated with our executive functioning and our emotional regulation. These areas are often associated with willpower and the idea that this is a limited resource as well, which is why I believe it makes the study of this topic kind of a slippery slope for researchers and providers. The idea that we can run out of willpower and self-control, well, it's kind of a scary thought. To suggest that we can run out of our willpower and self-control could easily set people up to develop a victim mentality and to use it as an excuse for behaviors. Basically, I yelled and screamed at you because of my ego depletion. It's not my fault. Of course, this would be the same argument I face in many discussions of the disease concept of addiction. Well, I got drunk. It's not my fault. I have a disease. The concept of ego depletion or the disease concept of addiction is not there as an excuse for behavior. It's not about fault or blame. It's about responsibility. These concepts offer an explanation which allows us to take personal responsibility for our behaviors and our self-care. Now think about it this way. If I'm on a road trip and I notice the gas gauge in my car is nearing empty, do I continue to drive until I'm completely empty then blame the gauge or the car manufacturer for being stranded on the side of the road. I mean, after all, Ford does stand for found on road dead. Or do I identify the finite, limited resources of gas, as indicated by my gauge, take personal responsibility for my journey, and get more gas to continue? Remember, the choice is yours. Active participation in your life or passive involvement towards victimization. It's the same concept. 
I am ultimately responsible for the depletion and renewal of my resources, whether they are finite or abundant. Now, it may help to separate decisional fatigue and ego depletion, but more research is definitely needed. Most research on decisional fatigue is associated with consumer market studies. Now, it's interesting, don't you think? Now, how would this research help in marketing? Well, decisional fatigue can oftentimes lead to irrational trade-offs in decision-making and can oftentimes lead to consumers making poor decisions regarding purchases. Just ask anybody who has bought a condo. In fact, I once bought into a vacation club, which will remain nameless. They usually hit you up when you're checking into the condo. You know, you've been traveling, you've already made a ton of decisions, only to be met with a ton more when you walk in the lobby. You're asked on what day you want to attend a no-pressure sales meeting. You're asked what rewards would you like upon completion of this no-pressure sales meeting. You're asked to invest a small amount to reserve your spot for this no-pressure sales meeting. You're then scheduled to attend an extended, long, no-pressure sales meeting which ends up with you making a purchase you had already determined not to make. What the hell just happened? Decisional fatigue. Wow. Some industries get it, and they capitalize on it. Sorry, I digress. An interesting study was performed with nurses in the UK. The study investigated decisions made by nurses working for a national telephone helpline. It revealed that the nurses had a tendency to make less efficient and more expensive clinical decisions about patient care the longer they went without a break during their shifts. It's an interesting thought about the impact that this has on healthcare. So what are some classic signs associated with decisional fatigue besides I can't figure out what to eat for dinner? It appears as though decisional fatigue can mimic many of the symptoms of other psychiatric diagnoses. So it's always recommended that you explore your concerns with a professional. However, some signs you may be experiencing decisional fatigue are feeling overwhelmed, tired or weary, loss of energy, irritability, procrastination, impulsivity, avoidance, and indecisiveness. As you can see, many of these symptoms can be associated with a major depressive episode, so you should always be evaluated by a qualified provider. I understand that many people experience these symptoms on a daily basis. Perhaps you even thought it was normal. So what can I do? Some helpful combat skills to deal with decisional fatigue include focusing on self-care. You are an important resource and you need to take care of yourself. You can do this by maintaining a healthy lifestyle and a routine. Eat healthy, exercise, and get plenty of sleep. But you also want to make a list of decisions that have priority in your life. It can even help you to develop a personal philosophy for major life decisions. Now, this can be done by identifying your priorities or your values in life and then explore how a decision will impact those priorities. If it will have a negative impact or take away from my personal philosophy, well, then I may need to step back from that opportunity. Many professionals encourage you to make important decisions first thing in the morning and minimize low-stake decisions. I was once told to use the eat alive frog daily philosophy at work. In other words, if part of my job was to eat a live frog each day, and I knew I had to do it, which is better, eat it first thing in the morning, or let it sit on your desk all 
day long, croaking and distracting you from being constructive. You know, I know it's a strange philosophy, but it's worked for me this far. I know that if I don't make major decisions or take on the tasks that I tend to avoid first thing in the morning, then those frogs tend to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Then, when I've depleted my decisional resources, I may not be making the best decision. I may just be trying to get over it. When I say minimize low-stake decisions, I'm referring to planning ahead, like meal planning or simplifying your wardrobe. You know, it's not by chance that many successful professionals can be seen wearing the same similar outfit every day. Steve Jobs was well known for his turtleneck and blue jeans. It minimizes the use of resources that can be used on something larger or to create something new. You know, it's also important to remove distractions such as game apps or Netflix on your work computer. The time I spend trying to reach the next level of a video game utilizes precious decisional resources. However, you do want to take breaks throughout the day to give your brain a chance to refresh and reset. I'm a big believer in the Pomodoro technique when working on certain tasks. It allows me to work for a specific time frame and then take a timed break before starting back. This technique was developed in the 1980s by Francesco Cirillo while attending university. He felt overwhelmed with his studies and expectations, so he committed to just 10 minutes of focused study time. Encouraged by the challenge, he found a tomato-shaped kitchen timer Pomodoro is Italian for tomato, and the Pomodoro technique was developed. Here's what you want to do. Get your to-do list together and find a timer. Now you can track down a tomato timer or you can simply use your phone. Set your timer for 25 minutes and focus on a single task until the timer rings. When your session ends, mark off one Pomodoro or units and record what you completed. Then, set your timer and enjoy a five-minute break. After four Pomodoros, take a longer, more restorative 15-30 to minute break. The 25-minute work sprints are the core of this method. I know it seems silly, but there's a reason this strategy has helped so many people improve their time management. Research has shown that procrastination has little to do with laziness or lack of self-control. Rather, we put things off to avoid negative feelings. It's uncomfortable to stare down a big task or a project, one that you may not be sure how or even to get started with or what involves completion of this project. So we turn to social media or Netflix instead to boost our mood, even if it's only temporarily. Now, luckily, studies have also shown an effective way to break out of that avoidance cycle. Shrink whatever it is you're putting off down to tiny, unintimidating first steps. For example, instead of sitting down to write a novel, sit down to write for five minutes. Still too hard? Well, try just sitting down to edit a paragraph. Doing something small for a short period of time is a whole lot easier to face than trying to take on a big project all at once. Now, that procrastination-busting strategy is exactly what the Pomodoro Technique asks you to do. Break down your big tasks, projects, or goals into something that you only have to do for the next 25 minutes. It keeps you hyper-focused on the one thing you need to do rather than get overwhelmed by the enormity of what you're taking on. Now, don't worry about the outcome. Just take it on one Pomodoro at a time. 
Basically, to combat decisional fatigue, you want to engage in anything that can minimize the effort placed on the brain and anything that allows the brain to rest and refresh. Now remember, it is a finite resource, so treat it accordingly. Well, it seems like we've reached the end of our session today, and I know today's session was relatively short in comparison to some of the past ones. But I want to thank each of you for listening, and I encourage you to keep coming back. As you move forward this week, I encourage you to spend some time in self-care. Work on identifying your priorities in this life. It really will serve you in so many ways to improve, grow, and create the life you really want. Today, I want to leave you with a quote from journalist, author, and public speaker Malcolm Gladwell. Truly successful decision-making relies on a balance between deliberate and instinctive thinking. Remember, folks, you're not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Please subscribe and follow me on whatever format you use to listen to podcasts. And take a moment to leave a review. These things really do help. And share an episode with friends and family members. Let me know what you think. I really want to get the message out there this year that you are not alone. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, well, then you can email them directly to Calvin at CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. You can even check out my website at www.CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com or if you'd like to schedule a therapy session with me, then contact us at HealthPoint Center, area code 318-998-2700. I really do always look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, or questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember folks, there's always room for you on the Counselor's Couch.